On today's show, wokeness, cancel culture, customer service, privacy, and more. So stick around. Hello and welcome to episode number 158 of the Random Thoughts podcast. That is R-A-N-D-U-M-B thoughts.com online. I am your host, Darren O'Neill, and I totally ripped off that intro style, at least from Bandrew of the Bandrew Says podcast. It's interesting when you listen to enough podcasts, you start picking things up and you start saying different things. And I've noticed I pick a lot up from Bandrew and from Larry of that Larry show and others. So like with music, it's not stealing. It's just borrowing. After all, imitation is the sincerest form of flattery. On today's show, we have a lot to talk about. We are a day earlier than normal. Our schedule a little different because my wife's boss went to the White Sox game, which was rained out on Monday. So it was moved to Tuesday and she's normally off on Tuesday and we'd normally do the show on Wednesday, but now she's going to be off tomorrow. So here we are on Tuesday. And I will say I've been consuming a little bit more of Major League Baseball, none through the regular season, the postseason. My parents still watching the White Sox. Ah, They're like, watch the White Sox and the White Sox have been horrible. Absolutely horrible. They finally won a game, maybe taken out today by the Houston Astros. But I've been watching the Red Sox, who are a team that is actually entertaining. They can do pretty much everything well. They seem to have a bunch of good personalities on the team, which is important if you want to root for a team. And I have no question that Fenway Park is a park that is unlike any other in sports. And I fully believe in the ghosts of Fenway Park. If you don't believe in the ghosts of Fenway Park, you haven't been watching recently or ever because there's a lot of crazy stuff that has happened in Fenway. But in this past series against the Tampa Bay Rays, they had a thing at the end of the game the other night in the extra innings, and the Rays would have surely scored. If a ball didn't bounce off the wall, then off the outfielder, then over the wall, which ended up saving the Red Sox a run. That was to me, I'm like, okay, the ghost of Ted Williams is out there. There's something going on. And last night, a very much nail biter of a game tied in the ninth inning when the first batter that came up for the Red Sox hits into what looks like an easy ground ball out the fielder picked it up and promptly threw it out of the reach of the first baseman and I knew right then the game was over that inning it was done the ghosts were back and if you don't believe in the ghosts okay I get it in baseball you've often heard of the superstitions the baseball gods and for me Fenway Park the park that's been around for a hundred years or so now Some strange things have happened, and if it's not the ghost, you explain it to me. I'm not going to change my mind, though. On the customer service front, I ordered some autographed Taylor Swift CDs, and I know that's probably not a surprise to anybody. 
as we've been talking about, the Taylor Swift stuff goes way up in value. So if you get a chance to pick up signed Taylor Swift CDs for $19.89 a piece, you jump at it. So I ordered them up, and this started a very interesting chain of events because the order was canceled without any reason, which that's bad customer service. Universal Music, really bad customer service to cancel an order without explanation. The only reason I knew it was canceled was because it was on an American Express card that lets me know when something comes through via an email. Otherwise, I wouldn't have even paid any attention that this thing was canceled. It was only refunded, no explanation or anything. So I sent an email, which was the first of about 16 emails in this particular case. And it was a simple email. Just can you tell me why this order was canceled? And it took a few days and I finally got a response, which was, hey, we're looking into this. Which, okay, I get it. It seems like a long time to go for a few days before even responding, but they responded that they were looking into it. The next email that came through was from the Universal Music Fraud Department, which just a little hint for people that are running businesses, you know, you might not want to jump right to, hey, this is the fraud department. And again, there was a pseudo explanation, which is if you ordered more than four, they're, they're allotted to four per customer. If you ordered more than four, then any additional orders were refunded. I mean, it would be nice if they would have emailed letting us know it was refunded. They did not. But my response to that email was, I don't understand. I only ordered four. And it took them a bunch of emails and about a week or so to finally respond back with, oh, I don't know. Mm, uh, just if you PayPal us the money, we'll send you the CDs. So uh, all worked out in the end. It was an interesting uh, process to go through. I think a company as large as Universal Music could do better. I would think immediately if you're going to be telling somebody that they ordered over their allotment, you should be able to point to here's an order number where you did it so we can prove that you did it. And here's why we think you did it. But all in all, not a horrible thing it was mainly just waiting as they would send emails to update which i just thought was the craziest thing i mean one it's good you're letting your customer know there's still wheels in motion and i'm sure some people get a little bit fidgety and want to know minute by minute i didn't really care i was just kind of kicking back waiting for the answer so i guess it was kind of nice to continuously get emails like yeah we're looking into this we're not really sure what's going on but as i said they fixed it in the end. So kudos to Universal Music and really kudos to Taylor Swift for offering signed CDs at that price point, which, you know, in a matter of days will be going for two, three, five, ten times that amount on eBay. I was kind of disappointed. I got an email from Third Man Records, which is Jack White's label, which was pimping out that they have a new 20th anniversary of White Blood Cells, the White Stripes album being pressed on beautiful red and white splatter vinyl. 
and it's only available through your local independent record shops. So make sure you get with them. So I got with my independent record shop in Elgin here in Illinois, the guy I order a bunch of stuff from. And he's like, oh, well, we order directly from Third Man. So let me uh, order that for you. And he came back with, oh, their pre-orders are already sold out. So thanks, Third Man, for sending me an email telling me to get with my local shop so I can order this album. And I get with my local shop and they try to order the album and you tell them you don't have it anymore. Perfect. Absolutely perfect execution. Hey, if you need to order records, they do not sponsor the show. They probably don't even listen to the show. But if you need some vinyl from a source you can trust, always package really well. Rediscover Records in Elgin, Illinois is a really good local shop. There has been a lot of insanity going on with things like critical race theory, which boiling it down to a nutshell is what a lot of schools are teaching, which is if your skin is white, you're an oppressor, you're bad. And if your skin is not white, then you are a victim. Neither one of those things is good to teach children. But I digress. We've talked a lot about race relations and the insanity that's going on there. And I'll go back to Luther Campbell of the two live crew back in the 90s, talking about how the man, whoever you want to put into that category, but how the people in charge did not like the fact that their audience was black and white and Hispanic and Asian and all sorts of people would come out to see them and everybody was getting along and everybody was having a good time. And that was not good for the people in charge. And I think Luther Campbell hit it right on the head that this is what we have been dealing with in the past few decades, which is people trying to exacerbate a problem that was pretty minor at the time, nearly didn't exist when it came to race relations and making it blow up. Because if you can divide people, then they're fighting each other and they're not paying attention to what the people in charge are doing. And I know it's a broken record, but we have that going on with black versus white. They've got the immigrant versus citizens. You have that versus the police and the non-police. You have that between the rich and the poor. There's all sorts of battles going on. Most of them complete and utter garbage using made up stuff like, oh, the rich, if they would only pay their fair share of the taxes. Joe Biden says fair share one more time. I think my head might explode. But in the case of race relations, something that people don't usually want to talk about, at least not in the mainstream media and in those kind of circles. I mean, let's go back for a minute to Chicago and the Jesse Smollett incident, which Jesse got off really light for most apparently from all evidence faking a hate crime but he's not the only one there was a story out of douglasville georgia which is 20 miles west of beautiful hotlanta georgia about a little neighborhood where a bunch of the black residents 
were getting letters in their mailbox that were very racist, using very racist language, telling them they didn't belong there, of course, using the N-word, talking about the KKK, killing kids, killing families, setting houses on fire. This is what was in these notes. Now, I don't know. When people start getting notes like this, they go to the police. I mean, unless you want to defund the police, because, I mean, why would you want to have those people investigating stuff like this? But the police did their job and they investigated this and they found the horrible person who was putting these notes into the mailboxes of this little town outside of Atlanta. And the person that was arrested was a black woman. 30 years old, who was charged with eight counts of terroristic threats and acts. So, yeah, it turns out that (laughs) not really a KKK member. And I don't know what the motivation was here. I don't know if we'll ever find out, except maybe a mentally sick person. I mean, that should be enough. But things are not always as they look. And of course, stories like this would get reported like, oh my God, it's horrible. These black people were targeted by the KKK. Now it turns out they were targeted by a 30 year old black woman who was doing this for kicks, mentally ill, whatever it is. But people jump to these conclusions because they want to make the easy jump. They want to be like, oh my God, of course, it's got to be got to be bad white people. I mean, we've heard critical race theory. It's got to be the bad white people. And I'm sorry. I'm somebody that is way more based on facts, way more based on truth, was arguing with some folks that I like over on Twitter. And it's like, you're not going to get me with the conspiracy stuff. You want to bring things to the table and I'm going to call bull crap on it and say, you know what? Where's the proof? When your proof is, well, man, they're covering up the proof. That's not proof. Sorry. You have to have some hard facts. People that try to bring the proof is which, well, the the fact that there is no proof is the proof. I mean, because they're covering it up. I know this happens. Cover-ups happen. Conspiracies, not all of them are completely insane, but I am a fact based person. If you want to win an argument with me, you're going to have to bring the facts. And if you're going to only argue on the emotional side of things, I'm just going to check out because it's not really worth the time to do so. And it's fine if that's the world you want to live in. But I would rather live in a world of facts. There are people pushing stuff like, well, you're like thousands of times more likely to die if you got the vaccine than if you got COVID. Yeah, there's no proof of that. There's nothing showing even anything close to that. But if you want to live in the insanity of that world, that's fine. Perfectly fine. I don't care what you want to believe, but I'm a fact-based person. If you want to believe in conspiracy theories, I don't care. I'm going to stay as based in facts as I can. And you should be happy to have somebody like me around to keep you honest, to go, well, no, that's, I mean, it's an interesting theory. I mean, everybody wants to believe that the 2020 election was completely and totally stolen. But if it was, now we also have to admit that 
the people doing this were so smart, they didn't leave a smoking gun. They didn't leave evidence behind. Now, there's a lot of things that point to there was a lot of weird stuff going on with the election, but we're getting on a year later now, and nobody, and in this case, I mean, Donald Trump has been trying, and he has resources. Mike Lindell, the my pillow guy, has been trying. He has resources. Rudy Giuliani has resources. And nobody has been able to bring proof that this happened. And that's the world I'm still living in is you have to have factual proof, not just somebody coming out and making an accusation because the accusations like this town outside of Atlanta were, of course, this was going to be some bad white supremacist, white nationalist person that was committing these horrible acts by terrorizing these families. And no, it was not, which is why you have to stay based. In fact, if you're not going to totally lose your mind when it comes to following the news of the day. I did think it was funny that the one guy on Twitter that I'm like, well, then where's the proof? Where are the facts? Oh, well, you, you sound mad that the mainstream media is not covering this. And it's like, OK, this whole, oh, you seem mad is pretty much the same thing the left does when people disagree and go, ha, ah, you're just a racist. Same thing using the same tactic and it's not gonna work up your game if that's all you got up your game you got to do better at debating people you have to have some proof a little bit of proof from a reasonable source not the internet from random dude on the internet random dude on the internet is not high on my list of believable people if you want to believe random people on the internet, that's totally up to you. You can have a completely fun life, I'm sure, but that's not me. That's not where I am, and that's not where I'm ever going to be. Speaking of Twitter, they are testing right now a new feature that will warn you if you're entering an intense conversation whatever that means to twitter an intense conversation so i guess this is just the equivalent of hey you sure you want to get in on this there's some insanity going here and there is a lot of insanity on twitter because a lot of people just spew stuff again without any proof whatsoever and it's fine it's entertaining but anybody can say anything which is why misinformation can run wild Conspiracy theories grow because, of course, the proof is there is no proof. But Twitter's new feature will warn you if you're getting into an intense conversation, which I think is interesting only from the fact that we know the more intense a conversation is on Twitter, the more likely it is to keep people's time. A lot of people will go on for hours and hours and hours just going back and forth. Again, with random people on Twitter, something I've given up a long time ago. I'll go back and forth with people that I know a little bit, but otherwise, no, I just pull the ripcord because Twitter, like the rest of the world, is just a little bit insane, and it's not the place to go for a rational debate, rational conversation. But it's interesting that Twitter will have a feature 
which will seemingly try to keep people out of those particular threads that would otherwise normally, I would think, be a time suck. This may be something they're doing on the heels of all the speculation that there will be government intervention with the social medias. Mark Zuckerberg saying, yay, we need the government to tell us what is allowed and what's not allowed. And that could just be Zuck covering his own behind. It could be Zuck saying, I don't want to have to make these rules. I want something in black and white, because if the government tells us exactly what we can and can't do, then our user base cannot complain if we do something that is a government mandate, if you will. And I do think that the social media sites are currently being looked at by the United States government. We know they're being looked at by the Chinese government, the Russian government. There's been a lot of stories about all of these government bodies wanting to have some control over what's going on on social media in China and Russia. They're having apps pulled from the app store and all that as well. So there is a lot of things going on. Government wants the power and these social media sites just want to make money. So they will bend a lot of times to whatever the local governments want them to do. I'll go to that war games quote, which is the only winning move is not to play. And I think that is the way to deal with social media. I did see there was also a story on Facebook slash Instagram on the heels again of the story that using Instagram is detrimental to teenage girls or whatever the research showed that they're going to be looking at, which is a little even creepier to me, that they're going to start looking at the content that people are interacting with. So if you're somebody on Instagram and you're going down a rabbit hole of something and Instagram's going to be like, oh, wait, uh, little Jenny, you're looking at way too many depressing posts. So why don't you look at this instead or take a break from Instagram, which I don't know. I don't see that as being an honest to goodness solution to the problem, because you really think if Instagram pops up something that's like, well, hey, it's time for you to take a break. Click here to get off of Instagram or, you know, just ignore this and go upon your way. We don't need the government. We don't need the social media sites controlling that much of our lives. If you're an adult, damn it, you should know better. And if you're an adult with children, you should know enough to teach your children about the dangers of social media, the dangers of the Internet and why maybe you don't want to be on it 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Maybe you should implement some off screen time and encourage the other folks in your family to do the same. But I don't need Facebook or Instagram telling me, hey, you've been on our website too long. And I don't see them honestly wanting to do that because it is user engagement again that makes them money. But our little devices that we carry around with us, they know so much about our day to day lives. They hear everything. They see a lot, depending on where you keep the phone, what it's pointed at. You never know. When those little cameras are on, 
what they're taking in, what they're reporting back to the mothership. A lot of people don't like the big talking tubes from Amazon and Google, but then they carry around the phone. There was a story on how smartphone sensors can now detect whether or not you're high on marijuana. Now, I don't think this is a surprise to anybody. I think that anybody that uses a cell phone should understand that they are not just a telephone. These things have sensors in them that can do absolutely amazing things. They can detect how the phone is being moved. They can detect when you pick it up, how fast you're picking it up, how you're turning it over, the dexterity that you have while you're typing on it. They have a baseline and they can tell things like, well, maybe you've had a few drinks. Maybe you smoked a little bit of pot. And this is all fine and dandy until that is evidence that's going to be used against you if you get into a car wreck or something else where it's like, well, see, the phone says he or she was impaired at the time. So not only are they spy devices that can hear what you say, that can see what's going on around you, they, due to their sensors, will now be able to detect things like maybe you've had a few too many drinks or you were smoking pot. And then you got into an accident or then got into an altercation or whatever it is that uh, the little device you carry in your pocket is turning out to be way more of a hindrance to your lives than the help that it can bring you. Because, you know, you can look up something on Google. And if you're still using Google, you haven't been listening to the show. Change to DuckDuckGo at the very least and never use Google as a search engine again. Let's go to wokeness. It is still alive and well in the UK. I don't think that's a surprise to anyone, but this story takes me right back to me harping on the bullying thing a decade or so ago and warning that it was an assault on free speech coming. And we're seeing that in full force now. You can't say basically anything that might offend anyone, which is basically means you can't say anything. But this is a school in the UK, a private school, which costs $12,000 a year for parents to send their kids to. They have now banned the terms. Well, let's see if you can guess this. What terms do you think have been banned that they can no longer be used to describe the behavior of the pupils of the school? What can't you say because they are, quote, emotional words, end quote, about these students in the UK. The terms you can no longer use to describe the behavior of these students, good and bad. Yeah, you can't use the terms good and bad to describe the behavior of kids in the school because they're emotional words. Instead, they're using the terms skillful or unskillful. <laughs> so what do you mean? Well, your child has very unskillful behavior. I mean, what, what does changing the word do? Changing the words do nothing. It still means the same damn thing, you twits. I don't understand this kind of stuff. Oh, the language, you can't say good and bad, but we can say skillful and unskillful because that's just so much upper crust, lip, upper lip crust, the UK are, you are now skillful and unskillful it's 
moronic is what it is. The guy that runs this school, headmaster Julian Murphy, said that this new policy learned from Buddhism was, quote, designed to take the emotional heat out of language, end quote. Oh, and I will have to say, this was an article on Breitbart, and the woman that wrote this article, I won't call her up by name, but you can look the article up if you want, does not know how to use punctuation. If you're a writer posting things to the internet professionally, you might want to know that it is not end quote period or end quote comma or end quote comma. This is multiple times. The whole article is like this. It's like, oh my God, did you not take, maybe she went to this school and people didn't want to tell her that her punctuation skills were bad. So maybe they said, you know, your punctuation skills are unskillful. And that didn't sit with her because she didn't understand what the hell they meant. But I digress. Breitbart, you can do better. And hey, how about paying somebody to look at these articles before they actually get posted to the rest of the world? And then they make fun of you because it seems like you don't even have grammar school level abilities. The headmaster said while he did not want teachers to be, quote, soft, end quote, he didn't want them to be shouty either or to make pupils feel guilty. I'm sorry. If the kids being a little brat, maybe they should feel a little guilty and then maybe they would stop being a little brat. Time to stop coddling people. It's time to teach them that the real world is out there. And if you're going to be a school, I thought the idea was to prepare children for the real world. Not so much lately, which explains a whole lot about what is going on in the world where people just don't want to work. They just want the government to provide for them. Everything will be great because we're not teaching people what actually happens when socialism or Marxism or communism actually take over a country. If anybody can give me an example where the population of the country was happier than ever under socialism or communism or Marxism, I'd love to hear about it. Darren, D-A-R-R-E-N at random, R-E-N-D-U-M-B thoughts.com. As we told you on the last show, if you're going to be doing Christmas shopping, it's time to get started. It's time to get it done early this year if you actually want to get what you're looking for. Supply chain issues still in full force. Coming down to the Christmas season, it's predicted to only be worse. Maybe it'll be better. Maybe it'll be worse. I don't know. But even CNN is reporting this, that Costco and Sam's Club and other grocery outlets are once again starting to limit some purchases because lack of stock. Data from a supply tracking company shows that right now, 18% of beverages 15% of frozen foods, 16% of snacks, 15% of candy, and 18% of bakery items were out of stock during the week that was ending on October 3rd. That is a lot of stuff that is not in stock. If you do your grocery shopping, and I do online, but there's a lot of stuff that has not been regularly in stock. There have been tons of things where before the whole COVID thing hit, never once thought, you know, 
maybe they won't have this. And now it's happening with regularity, everything from bagels to bacon to anything that you buy. There's a really strong possibility that what you're looking for is not going to be in stock at your grocery store. And this is also going to come down to if you're looking for gifts for people for Christmas, now's the time to get in, get them ordered, get them purchased. Otherwise, it might be a very gift cardish kind of Christmas. And some people like that and some people don't. But hey, don't say you weren't warned because we let you know here on the Random Thoughts podcast. And I do appreciate everybody for giving me your time, listening to the show, sending comments, criticisms, arguing with me on Twitter. It all works out. And we have some people to thank for today's show, a big show for the Random Thoughts podcast. Not sure what's in the air, whatever it is. I hope it sticks around for a while. Coming in at $50, our buddy Craig Nowsley. He's getting cooked on Twitter, getting cooked with Craig on YouTube. Check out his stuff. Uh, And I know Craig is a huge fan of the band Rush. I mean, being Canadian, I think you have to be a fan of the band Rush but a big fan also of Neil Peart, the drummer that just passed away recently. There is an amazing video. I'll put a link in the show notes on the page of the Ohio State University band, the marching band, doing a Rush tribute at the halftime show, which one, musically amazing, and two, the fact that they can play those instruments and move around the field the way they do to make all the different Rush logos and the big drum kit. At one point, it had a drum kit, which had the drummer then playing the arms going out. Just absolutely incredible work by the Ohio State Buckeye Marching Band. Definitely, if you haven't seen it, everybody check it out. Craig, I know you'll like it, but I think everybody who enjoys good music will enjoy that performance. So check it out. Also today, coming in with a $10 check. Yes, Snail Mail Works is Dashur, Demon Dragon of W-O-W of WOW. With 10 bucks, we appreciate that. Our buddy Graham Stanton, Stanto down in beautiful Australia. I hope things are opening up. I hope things are getting a little better down there. You're feeling all right. And our buddy Truck Driver came in with another split donation between all the shows that we do. And we greatly appreciate you, sir. Keep the shining side up out there. There are so many crazy people out there on the road. But thank you all for supporting the Random Thoughts podcast. We do work on the value for value model, which means we put the shows out there. If you got any value out of them, you decide how much and how you want to get that back to us is going to random thoughts r-a-n-d-u-m-b thoughts.com slash donate where you'll find all of the information there's a donate button nice and easy through paypal one time or monthly donation you can use the qr codes or wallet addresses if you want to go the crypto route and if there's a crypto you don't see there let me know we can probably add it and there's a p.o box address for anybody that wants to go the snail mail route they are all very much appreciated and if you want to and you're in the ecosystem already over at Patreon, you can go to patreon.com slash random thoughts. They all 
do the same thing. And we appreciate it. With that said, I will channel the great Larry Blydner, who he and I just did episode number seven of Planet Rage, which I think was a fantastic show, planetrage.show. But as he likes to say, and you know, I, I stole some bits from uh, Bandrew to start. I'll steal from Larry at the end and say, it's always great to be with you. Thanks for hanging out with us. We will be back next week to talk at you again. I think that was Bandrew. I really should get my own spiel. Somebody help me. I need writers. I will be back next week with another edition of Random Thoughts. Until then, I am Darren O'Neill. Thanks for listening.